to 1,000. Now, that number is going to be raised to 2,000, hopefully at least. There's still going to be social distancing rules in place, but it's an encouraging sign of life returning to normal. They can probably keep the robotic drummers, though. Those were pretty cool. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Darren Ye is the Director of Operations at Complexity Consulting Firm, and he's also an independent art curator. Uh, he speaks English, French, and Spanish, and he went to military high school. He had the experience of um, visiting West Point, yes, the U.S. Military uh, Academy, and also the White House. And uh, he has come back to Taiwan to start a program in training future leaders. We're going to hear more from him today, so join me right now. Okay, so while you were in Paris, okay, on this exchange yes. program, you were also at the same time doing an online program with MIT, learning about yes. this theory U. Now, in your own words and in simple English, can you explain what theory U is about and how it has helped you? Um, the reason why I know about theory U is because I took system thinking course back in global MBA program. It was told by a very famous uh, system thinker called Joe Shea, who is my boss right now. <laughs> so, wow. uh, yeah, so it's, uh, uh, Joe Shea, uh, he's my professor, and he told me system thinking, enlightened me the importance of system thinking. After I come back uh, from Paris and for a while, and then he invited me to join his consulting firm. So that's why I'm now in Omplicity. The professor Joe Shea, uh, he taught in Taiwan NTU, also Harvard University for System Thinking. Oh, I see. And he's in Taiwan. Mm, yes, Taiwan. What an honor. All yeah, right. it's really an honor for me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so why is this business management so important, you think, uh, when it comes to building up a complete person, building up you know, individual talents? Business training help you to understand how the world works, how does the world function. And you know better even every decision that you make. If you have a business thinking behind and you think it's totally different. Not to mention if you have system thinking and business thinking, both actually help to see what is the vision and also help to see uh, what, what is your next step, the leverage point. And so it actually help you to have a very efficient life. Now let's uh, go on to the very last part, which is art. 
how does art come yes. in here? You know, with your military background and then your business mind and art. So how come you fell in love with art? There was, um, I'm quite lucky uh, I, I can travel every winter and summer vacation back in uh, college, like, which is also, which is a military school. Yeah. Um, so every summer and the winter vacation, I travel backpacker to see the world. And I visit a lot of museum and that inspires me a lot. So I like art. I, you know, ever since that time when I was 22 or something. And gradually I got some, you know, I got some salary, I got some money, I trying to do uh, investment, uh, buying a mutual fund, stock, house, blah, blah, blah. And I found, oh, art can be also an investment. Not only this, I also uh, got a chance to visit a lot of um, uh, artists, gallery owners, and I love those people. I would say they, very, they live a very interesting life and mm-hmm. makes me really want to support them with my with collecting art. So uh, I think um, I've collect, I have been collecting art for more than eight years. So mm-hmm. gradually, you know, I, I use uh, 10% of my year, year salary to buy in art mm-hmm. uh, slowly, slowly. And uh-huh. in, get, in talk with artists and to know more about uh, how art inspired them. And then I, I just feel like I want to help them more. Mm-hmm. So that drives me to do something related with art. What kind of art do you like most? Or you have varied interests in art? Yeah, due to the budget concern, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, focus on photography art. Because the price is not too high, and <laughs> yeah. also they have a great pre- potential in the future. Uh. So, so I collect uh, collect a few uh, masterpieces of uh, photography art. Oh, I see. Is there any artist that you particularly follow? Or are there any Taiwanese photographers that you follow? So many. Oh, really? I, oh, okay. I got, yeah, I I got the my collection. I do have uh, Hiroshi Sukimoto. Uh, he's a world famous photographer. Uh-huh. And I also have uh, Shen Zhaoliang, who is a very famous uh, famous photo artist in Taiwan. Mm. And oh, also Ran Wei Ming, and also very famous photography artist in Taiwan. Well, I feel ashamed. I don't know, don't, don't seem to realize the, who these people are, but uh, I'm sure you have a good taste of art, period. Okay. And so, Thank you. Do you, so actually, you're an art curator now. Um, as a collector, but you also actually offer, wait, do you have, are you helping any art galleries as a consultant or, I don't know, marketing manager or something? Yes. Um, well, for me, um, the more I, I know about art, I found that how I can help them. So I got invited to um, to help um, Aformosa, which is um, organizer, which is an af- the company uh, specializing running affairs in Taiwan and uh, Hong Kong. Mm. So it's Aformosa and Agaoshong. I don't know if you ever heard of that. So uh, the concept of affair is affair invited to gallery from all over the world and hosting a fair and also invited a lot of uh, collectors coming over to see, uh, to see the art, to talk with gallery owners and purchase art afterwards. What's your future plan? For your for yourself, 
your business, your your art interest, your art hobby, and how does this all kind of combine together and connect together? I found that I'm a good marketer, so uh, I try to help people with my limited ability. Let's say um, for art, I I saw Taiwanese art world is a little bit limited in Taiwan. Mm. So I help I help Taiwanese artists to have ex- exhibition all over the world. I even help artists to sign contract with foreign gallery so that the foreign gallery can promote Taiwanese artists. Oh, that's so, great. Yes, so those job um, makes me feel very proud and uh, very happy about this. So I think I found this is meaningful. And then the system consulting work that I'm, I'm doing, I am big fan for system thinking. I really believe from my, from my heart that um, we need to have uh, system thinking in mind in order to do system change. There are so many people that have silo thinking, silo actions. That's why the world is not perfect like right now. So uh, my job is to help people to know more about system thinking, to apply system thinking in their daily life, to make a world a better place. So I found aspiration for this. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Can you explain in like easy English for those of us who are not that smart, the difference between system thinking and silo thinking? Have you heard of a story called the Xia Zi Mo Xiang, the blind people and the elephants? So normally when you see, you thought yourself see a very clear picture but actually, it's not. You thought yourself, normally, the company owner, what they see, and the senior manager, what they see, and the, the, the ground workers, what they see, could be totally different. But uh, they always have a silo thinking and silo action to do stuff. But it doesn't help the company to moving forward. So what we do is, we use system thinking approach Let's say we help those um, uh, different people from different departments. We gather all the um, intelligence, the group intelligence together. We create a, a system map. We help them to make a system mapping for them to see where they are, how they can work together for greater vision. And we, as a facilitator, we help them to see picture of what's going on right now and what kind of uh, vision they will want to go to. And we facilitate the process. So our company, what we do is process consultant instead of um, expert consultant. I know BCG, McKinsey, they are expert consultant. They told their client what to do. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's quite different. We are, as a, as a facilitator, we help the client to see the current situation. And we help them to... Um, collaborate and then to find figure out what is the share the vision and we facilitate the process for them to go toward the share the vision so do you think most Taiwanese companies are now working towards system thinking 
Of course not. That's why we have opportunity. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Okay. All right. Well, you're so important. <laughs> well, some do. Some some come to us. Some big company they come to us, and then we we have a great uh, process, and then we slowly because you know my boss Joe Shea, uh, he used to be a UN um, consultant. World Bank consultant and travel around the world, and uh, only last year he decided to settle down in Taiwan wow. to really to to really help Taiwan uh, to be better because he's also Taiwanese. And oh, yes, he's also Taiwanese. Okay. So, um, but he found that he wanted to settle down here and to really help Taiwan. And so for us, we we now we have a public training course, we have corporate training course. We want to help more people to uh, to find the shared vision, collective collaborative action, and leverage help them to find the leverage point to solve problems. Because normally in daily operation, we can see some problem. Um, it happens again and again. And, but it's not um, any problem from any human being. It could be a system problem. So how can we correct the system or make us redesign the system and to regenerate um, the company to, toward a better share vision? So that's kind of uh, what we do. So did you ask my question as to what's, the, what's your dream for your future? That's a really good question. I have my theory to this. I'm, I'm also Buddhist, so... Uh, in my life, there are so many things going on, as I just introduced. There is nothing planned. So I never plan anything, and it just happened. So when you, people ask me, what do I want to do that in the future? And to be honest, I, I don't have any pictures. I don't have any idea. What I know is I have a growth mindset. I, I love when things get done, when I learn something new. So I will continue discover my potential, uh, just like uh, Leonardo da Vinci. During that time, he he's everything. He did a lot of stuff. But now in Taiwan, many people are asked to do only one job. They follow the one job and retire. I found that is a little bit too lazy. <laughs> Why not think outside the box to to leave the comfort zone? to discover more about your potential. So for me, I ask myself that I, I want to uh, have a life that is no limitation. So whatever that can happen, bring it on. I, I just, you know, whatever happened, I accept and I just go for it. So so if you ask me any um, future dream, I, I have no idea now. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, that's very different from some other people's answers. That's definitely one of a kind. I totally understand what you're saying. That is true. Just take life as it comes, right? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> okay. I, just, I, I, knew, I knew I like uh, system thinking. I knew I like art. That's it. <laughs> so I just continue. I just continue work on this two field and to see how far it can go. Well, that sounds good to me. Thank you so much, Thank Darren. You. That was really interesting. Thank you. It really, uh, you. you have a very interesting life. And um, thank you so much for sharing, really. Yeah, good luck with everything you pursue and uh, you live life to the full, uh, one day at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, okay. I try to. All yeah. right. Thank you so much, Darren. Thank you, Sherry.
Classic Shorts: Stories from Chinese History and Literature. Hello and welcome to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. Today we're going to hear the words of Meng Haoran, a prominent Tang Dynasty poet, who is a contemporary, albeit an older one, of the great poets Wang Wei, Li Bai, and Du Fu. Meng lived and wrote about the area where he was born and raised, which is modern-day Hubei Province. He loved to focus on nature and was an inspiration for many of the poets of his time. This is his poem, A Message from Lake Dongting, to Premier Zhang. Here in the eighth month, the waters of the lake are of a single air with heaven. And a mist from the Yun and Meng valleys has beleaguered the city of Yozhou. I should like to cross, but I can find no boat. How ashamed I am to be idler than you, statesman, as I sit here and watch a fisherman casting and emptily envy him his cat. It's about on climbing Yan Mountain with friends. While worldly matters take their turn, ancient, modern, to and fro, rivers and mountains are changeless in their glory. And still to be witnessed from this trail, where a fisher boat dips by a waterfall, where the air grows colder deep in the valley. The monument of Yang remains, and we have wept reading the words. And here Meng writes about at a banquet in the house of the Taoist priest Mei. In my bed among the woods, grieving that spring must end, I lifted up the curtain on a pathway of flowers, and a flashing bluebird bade me come to the dwelling place of the red pine genie. What a flame for his golden crucible! Peach trees magical with buds, and for holding boyhood in his face, the rosing flowing wine of clouds. 
And here's the last poem from Mong Haran today on returning at the year's end to Zhongnan Mountain. I petition no more at the North Palace Gate to this tumble-down hut on Zhongnan Mountain. I was banished for my blunders by a wise ruler. I've been sick so long I see none of my friends. My white hairs hasten my decline like pale beams ending the old year. Therefore I lie awake and ponder on the pine-shadowed moonlight in my empty window. Those are the works of the great Tang Dynasty poet, Mong Haoran. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Listening to News Playlist. We've queued up some of the most interesting reports for you, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Paula Chow, the program host. Today we have a story about the 25th anniversary of the death of Taiwan's superstar Teresa Tin. And we also have a story about Hong Kong bookstore owner Lam Wiki. He reopened his Causeway Bay books last month according to schedule. But as usual, we will continue focusing on the COVID-19 pandemic. Since the first case was discovered in Wuhan, China last December, the highly contagious disease has spread rapidly around the world. The disease has claimed over 300,000 lives, and more than 4.4 million people worldwide have been infected with the novel coronavirus. As in other places around the world, Taiwan's medical workers are the heroes on the front line of its fight against COVID-19. And one Taichung area hospital has documented just how much they do to fight the disease in the new video. The Taichung Hospital is a public hospital which is taking in COVID-19 patients. The hospital recently produced a video to show what its medical staff has had to go through every day since the pandemic reached Taiwan. 
After a daily morning meeting, it's on with the protective gear. Donning it properly takes 10 full minutes. Each COVID-19 patient is assigned two medical workers, ensuring that backup is always available if it is needed. They can also get work done more quickly this way, with one of them administering tests while the other readies medical equipment. The hours can be brutal. After the first evacuation flight carrying Taiwanese nationals from Wuhan arrived, 12 of the passengers tested positive for COVID-19. All were sent to this hospital, and one doctor on the team says he worked 24 hours that day without stopping. Ordinary Taiwanese people, including some of the patients, are trying in their own small ways to show their appreciation. One staff member asked an old patient why he always slept with a mask on. The man replied that he didn't want her to get COVID-19. Family members of the staff have their backs too, and they appear in the video too, sending their good wishes. Shirley Lin, RTI News. Though schools in Taiwan remain open, lingering concerns about COVID-19 have many of them wondering what to do about graduation ceremonies. One school on the southern tip of Taiwan has come up with a uniquely aquatic solution. The students of Kunding Elementary School grow up in paradise. Their home lies within Kunding National Park on Taiwan's tropical southern seacoast, and the clear coral seas just beyond are their playground. Each student must learn to snorkel and dive before they graduate. And so, when the school started thinking about where to hold its graduation ceremony in a time of social distancing, the obvious answer was five meters beneath the waves. Normally, the school's principal says, school-sponsored diving classes won't take students out into depths greater than two meters. But with the help of instructors, five meters proved no real difficulty for these experienced kids. In these coastal waters, there are no crowds and no worries about COVID-19, just coral and schools of fish. With waterproof graduation certificates, the students could enjoy a feeling of accomplishment with friends while celebrating the unique place they call home. John Van Trieste, RTI News. Taiwan has significantly ramped up its production of surgical masks over the past few months in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Masks are still being rationed, but the quota per person has been steadily increased. On April 27th, the government started letting citizens donate their mask quota to countries where the need for masks is still high. In just two days, more than 260,000 Taiwanese citizens had done just that, donating over 2 million masks. The reason Taiwan has so many masks on hand is twofold. Firstly, the government instituted the rationing system now in place early on during the COVID-19 pandemic, stopping hoarding and price gouging before it could get out of hand. And secondly, there are the factories that have been put into overdrive since February, bringing new machines online to catch up with demand. Taiwan's second largest maker of masks is based in the southern city of Kaohsiung. The company has been churning out masks uninterruptedly since February 1st. It's ratcheted up production to the point where it can now make 1.6 million masks a day. It has a plan to step up production even further in May, which it expects will allow it to break the 2.3 million a day mark. This means that before long, masks donated by ordinary people in Taiwan may soon reach a hospital near you. John Van Trieste, RTI News. A Congressional Friendship Association has donated 2,300 protective medical gowns to Osaka to help the Japanese city weather the COVID-19 crisis. 
Speaking at a press conference on Tuesday, DPP lawmaker Guo Guowen said his association has mailed 2,300 guns to Osaka. Guo says Osaka desperately needs protective medical guns. The city is short of medical guns and often uses raincoats instead. Guo says there is a serious need for medical supplies there, and Taiwan should send donations to help out. The deputy head of the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, Nishumi Shikehiro, says he is deeply touched by the warmth and compassion of the Taiwanese people. On behalf of Japan, Nishumi says he would like to thank Taiwan for extending a helping hand, even though Taiwan itself has to cope with the pandemic too. A friend in need is a friend indeed, said Nishumi. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. This year, Taiwan is marking 25 years since the death of one of its most legendary singers, pop icon Teresa Tam. Her voice is still etched deep into the memories of those who grew up with her music. Teresa Tang was Taiwan's queen of songs, a larger-than-life figure considered one of the most influential singers in Asia as a whole. She passed away 25 years ago today, on May 8, 1995. She was only 42. Tang was born in 1953 and embarked on her professional singing career at the age of 12. Over a span of 30 years, Tang's voice turned countless songs that might soon have been forgotten into runaway hits. She used to hold small concerts at military bases in Taiwan and became an idol among young soldiers. But her fans could be found across much of Asia, and her songs brought a bit of Taiwan to the world. Tang's death in 1995 came after a sudden asthma attack that set in while she was on vacation in Chiang Mai, Thailand. The news of her passing shocked and saddened people from well beyond Taiwan's borders. But by this time, she had cemented her legacy, and her signature tunes remain classic standards today. Shirley Lin, RTI News. Hong Kong bookstore owner Lam Wee reopened his Causeway Bay books last month, according to schedule. That's despite an attack on him a few days earlier, in which he had red paint splash on him. Lam says he believes China is behind the attack. Lam has been living in Taiwan for about a year after fleeing Hong Kong due to the threat of Chinese persecution. In 2015, Lam was arrested after crossing Hong Kong's border into the Chinese city of Shenzhen. He was released in 2016 after nearly eight months in detention, and he remains a wanted person for selling books illegally. Lan Weiqi's Causeway Bay Books in Taipei should be getting ready for a grand opening this week. Instead, it's been filled with police gathering evidence. Lam owned the original Causeway Bay Books in Hong Kong, a shop known for selling books banned in China. He fled China's displeasure by coming to Taiwan and trying to start over here. While having breakfast at the Taipei coffee shop on Tuesday, Lam was splashed with red paint. He wasn't hurt, but he believes that China orchestrated the attack and feels that even in exile, China is after him. A day earlier, Lam received a letter from a lawyer telling him that 
the name of his bookstore had already been registered. But Lam says that the idea that the trademark dispute was the reason for the attack is a fig leaf for the real motive. Lam has faced down threats before, and the 64-year-old is now vowing to take a stand again. And that's all we have for this week's edition of News Playlist. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. See you next week. Bye-bye. Us published more than 5,000 fact checkers. We have a very large database about the misinformation and the COVID 19. So, WhatsApp helped us build a chat robot on WhatsApp and we can answer the question from all the audience. Hello, and welcome to this week's On the Line brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. IFCN or International Fact Checking Network launched a chatbot on WhatsApp on May 4th and the public may use a platform to fact check information you have seen or heard. The system will allow you to navigate through translated work of more than 80 fact-checking organizations in the world, including articles from Taiwan Fact Check Center. Since the major outbreak of COVID-19 in January this year, more than 5,000 hoaxes have been debunked by professional fact-checkers all over the world. To find out more, we are joined today by Ms. Summer Chen Huimin, Editor-in-Chief of Taiwan Fact-Check Center. Tell us about the establishment of the new WhatsApp chatbot platform. Uh, yes, um, there are uh, 88 fact-checking organizations organized by IFCN. And IFCN is Interfe- uh, International Fact-Checking Network. And all of us published more than 5,000 fact-checkers in fa- uh, 44 languages uh, from the end of January until now. So we have a very large database about the misinformation and the fact-checkers about uh, COVID-19. So WhatsApp helped us build a chat robot on WhatsApp. And uh, with this chat robot, we can uh, answer the questions from uh, all the audience. To answer the questions from the audience, you mentioned uh, they are available in 44 languages. Oh, yes. So you don't need to download any apps. Uh, you can put the chat robot number into your telephone book. And the number is plus one seven two seven two nine one two six zero six. And then you can uh, turn on your uh, WhatsApp and uh, have dialogue with this number. And so there are many functions that you can search the back checks. For the many one, you can search by keyword. For example, if you receive a misinformation like drinking water, each 50 minutes can prevent COVID-19 and you are not sure it's, it's real or not, then you can 
search the keyword like hot water, or you can put the whole sentence there, then the chatbot will search the fact check for you and give you the answer. And the fact check will depend on the location you have. Uh, for example, if, if you are in Taiwan, maybe the uh, the the related uh, fact check you will have is published by Taiwan Fact Check Center, and uh, also it will recommend you the fact check from other countries. And so, if I'm in Taiwan, if I type in Chinese, and so related articles will appear in Chinese. Is that what you say? Oh, it it can speak Chinese. <laughs> So you have to type in English. Yeah, you, you need to type English, and he will give you the summarize of the fact checks. For example, if uh, you put the hot water one, then you will receive the summarized English version of our fact checks. Then uh, it also uh, applies you a link. When you uh, push the link button, then you will go to see our fact checks in traditional Chinese. Okay. So, so- yeah. But you can also uh, relocate it yourself if you stayed in Taiwan, but you want to know more about like Italy. So you can relocate. You want to receive fact checks from Italy as the priority. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to download the app. Simply just uh, put in the number on your phone uh, mm-hmm. on WhatsApp, and then you will be able to be connected uh, to this uh, app. Yes, yes. You, you, uh, all you need is you have WhatsApp and you put the number into your telephone book. This app connects millions of users with the translated work of more than 80 fact-checking organizations worldwide. You mentioned uh, 88, and that includes mm-hmm. the articles from Taiwan, from Taiwan Fact Check Center. Could you talk about that? Yes, and uh, all of the members from IFCN, we work together since uh, January, and uh, uh, we publish the fact checks. And uh, all, all of us uh, summarize, it, uh, although we publish in different language, but uh, each day when we publish our fact check, we will also do the uh, summary. We will translate uh, into English version and uh, uh, upload to the uh, IFCN database and the database code uh, Corona uh, Facts database and uh, you can also search the, on Google and go to see the database. It's a pretty interesting uh, website that you can see. You can find a global map and you can check how many uh, fact checks from different countries and uh, you also can check the very uh, kind of misinformation uh, in in search region or in search in certain uh, countries it's pretty interesting website and so uh, for Taiwan fact check center when we publish our fact checks we also translate in, into English uh, a short uh, summarize and upload to the database you're listening to Underline brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong, and today I'm speaking with Ms. Summer Chen Huimin, Editor-in-Chief of Taiwan Fact Check Center. 
So this database basically collects uh, information from all the fact check centers in the world, and they have to translate the articles into English, and then、mm -hmm. they upload the articles into the database,、mm -hmm. uh, which is then available to all the users in the world. Yes, that's、okay. right. So it's pretty amazing job we do. <laughs> it is. It is indeed an amazing job, and it is even. More unbelievable that since the outbreak of the coronavirus、uh, in January, the major outbreak,、uh, mm -hmm. more than five thousand fake news have been identified. So, why are do you think people circulating this kind of misinformation? Um, I think because people are panic and、uh, anxious, they want to know how to protect themselves and、uh, how to protect their beloved, their family, and also、um, I think there are some kind of knowledge gap between experts and the ordinary people like us.、Um, when the experts、uh, explain what is coronavirus and how do we、uh, prevent it. How how they cure uh, the patient uh, uh, infected coronavirus? Sometimes the knowledge or the the language they use is too science. <laughs> That we didn't catch it. Yeah. So the, for the ordinary people, we didn't catch it. So、uh, that's why I think.、Uh, for, so for that reason, I think the misinformation or disinformation is some kind of a quiz to test if we really understand the knowledge about coronavirus. Yeah. So many.、Um, Misinformation. When we debug it, we let the experts,、uh, including the doctors, including the scientists, they have so much patience to help us explain why the misinformation is false and、uh, why you don't need to believe them. So with that patience, I think we try to make up the knowledge gap between the ordinary people and、uh, the. Scientific language.、Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the scientific uh, use mm -hmm. uh, terms really can be very difficult, and even for us, I think.、Mm -hmm. Well, in Taiwan itself, summer、mm -hmm. or fake news、uh, circulated in a world that is related、mm -hmm. to Taiwan. How、mm -hmm. many pieces of fake news have been identified?、Mm, for us, things.、Uh, Uh, when、uh, since Taiwan had the first confirmed case is January twenty first, then we start to debunk misinformation about COVID nineteen. So until now, we have already published one hundred and forty fact check、uh, fact checks. So, but however, the misinformation is m much more than the numbers. <laughs> so, so um. But by publishing the fact checks, we try to、uh, make up the gap. So these 140 articles are also available at the database、uh, provided by the WhatsApp chatbot.、Uh, yes. Now the most dangerous misinformation around the world,、uh, people have been talking about、uh, how 5G.、Uh, if you use 5G, and you can also be contaminated. Alcohol,、mm -hmm. uh, you know, cow urine, betadine, arbutus. Why? Mm-hmm. Um. 
sometimes when we publish a fact check and uh, the audience will say, why you check this? It's just ridiculous. No one will believe that. But uh, however, in some countries, we saw the misinformation just take advantage of people's panic. So the peop- when the people um, are panicked or anxious, they can think. So they what they do is they believe the misinformation and they take the wrong action. So for those uh, examples, we can see the misinformation just um, make bad influence on our society. For example, the 5G, um, in some countries, people believe the 5G spread coronavirus or the 5G just destroyed your immune system. So it will uh, let people get coronavirus easily. Uh, so people went to destroy the 5G base. So it's really <laughs> make infer- bad influence in bad impact in the society. For, for example, like the alcohol um, in Iran, uh, people believe that drinking uh, alcohol can prevent coronavirus because they are shortage of uh, they are short of uh, medicine and the medical care, and uh, the the situation is pretty crucial there. So the people drinking alcohol, and then uh, some of them are get poisoning, and they died because the poisoning. That makes us pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, by uh, the meaning of alcohol, you actually mean uh, is mm-hmm. the medical use alcohol and not the alcohol that you can drink. So, so we have to clarify mm-hmm. that this is the mm-hmm. alcohol for medical use, and you should not drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, summer, how you read? <laughs> you know, I think it must be associated with the traditional concept of uh, healing. And why how you read? I think it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, in for some Hindus, because their religion leaders say the cow urine can help them prevent coronavirus. So people, even some of the religious group, they even host a drinking cow urine party uh, to to drink the cow urine uh, to prevent coronavirus. So it's pretty interesting because the, they uh, violate the travel ban. They <laughs> they didn't care the and social distancing ban. as well. Yeah, they all of them get together, and that's pretty dangerous. It's pretty easy to trans, uh, transmit the coronavirus when people get together. So they violate the, the travel ban, and uh, also they don't care what fact-checking organizations say, even even when the uh, religious leaders say at the first time, and then the fact-checking organization has already debugged it. They, do, they did the interview with the scientists and, the, and the, some medical experts, but people didn't believe it. So I think the most dangerous thing is people just believe the religion leader. They didn't accept other ideas or opinions from uh, medical experts or from the science. 
And that was the first part of our interview with Ms. Summer Chen Huimin, the Editor-in-Chief of Taiwan Fat Chat Center. Do join us again next week as Summer will tell us more about this information. And that's it for this week's On The Line, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.